Hi, welcome. This is Dr. John Martini. This is one of the most amazing and inspiring shows that you can listen into. If you want to be on the edge of your seats, if you want to open up your heart, if you want to expand your mind, and you want to meet incredible people, stay tuned because you're just about to experience a transformative radio show that will change your life. And you're listening to the Dr. Pat Show that's coming up right next. The following audio is via a Skype call. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Hey, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It is so great to have all of you tune us in and turn us on. Um, I am very excited about today's show, but I'm always excited about the show, and I have a very good reason why. But first, let me say hi to B. Hi, hi B. Hi, hi, Pete. How are you? I'm How are you? B and P. Mm-hmm. No, Jay. We are the, oh, my God. <laughs> right. Oh, you cannot have the. Or L. How, how do you do it without the J? P, B, and L, because Linda. Oh, yeah, P, B, and L. <laughs> and. Okay, so here here's the thing. Can bacon oh. can bacon replace the J? Oh, I don't know. I mean, come we on, know bacon and maple brown, that stuff goes together. <laughs> I know that that's a same savory and sweet and all delicious goodness there, right? I don't know about the peanut butter and, and bacon though. I would think so. Yeah, I know one thing, nothing can replace bacon. No. I'm just saying right there. <laughs> that is the most sinful thing on the planet Truth. right there. <laughs> Truth. It's even if you believe in sin, uh, which I, I, I don't think I'm there. Uh, a couple things. We have two great shows today, but one is with our friend and someone I got to interview a really long time ago. But, you know, somebody that created a momentum and a momentum that Will Arntz and others created with, you know, his innovation, but also taking the leap was to say, look, we have to look at our lives in a way that's aligned. Now, this is me paraphrasing Will, Will Arntz for a minute for everybody. For you know, I'm not saying that this is exactly what Will says or has said. But what I'm saying is when I think about the body of work that he has contributed to for all of us, and you can go as far back as you want, and I'm not sure if, if he will today, but when you think about it, and you think about things that people say are either landmark uh, or tipping points. And I remember the first time I met Will, and I was kind of in the newbie stage of this, but I knew that what he was about and his team was creating was different. And I knew about it because I had discovered it for myself in learning how to move beyond a family of addictions and suicide and my own past. And I knew that when I first got involved with his work. But what's happened recently for me, Benny, is I have declared from now as we move forward, because this is the last month that Jupiter is in Sagittarius, then it moves to Capricorn, um, I am declaring a renewal. The word is renewal. And what do I mean by that? So if you're listening to the show and you've been listening to the show for 15 years, what have you all said to us that you want more of? Well, number one, we're going to give you that. But number two, it's equally important. We want to know what it is you want us to do and the direction you want us to go. And that's what I mean by renewed. And when I think about Will, I, I'm struck by a number of different things that have happened in the past 15 years. You know, the book that I have in front of me is one of many, uh, or just say many thoughts that he has brought to us. And it is how to suffer in 10 easy steps, discover, embrace, and own the mechanics of misery. And I got to tell you about this. I learned about this almost 30 years ago in what we call a 12-step program. Without saying any more, um, 
there's no more to say for me on that. But I didn't quite understand it in the way Will brings it to the table and presents it in this book. Today, we're not only going to explore that, but the question is, do we even know how we suffer? My mom committed suicide. And even at a young age, I knew how my mom was, for lack of a better word, suffering. But Will, you know, uh, William, um, he had a career, kind of like mine, researcher. I wasn't a, I wasn't a laser physicist, but I was a researcher. And he worked in, in, on a project that many of us would think, how could I be part of that? And that was Star Wars. So right out of the gate, you know, his background talks about innovation beyond anything we could imagine, because that's really what Star Wars is. But then as time goes on, we were asked if we would help promote this little movie and best-selling book out of Seattle, our little Dr. Pat show, which was actually called Crust Busting. What the bleep do we know? And we, we took that on and we promoted it for several weeks, maybe a month. And then we were there at the opening in Seattle. And I believe it was the first. And what I learned from that is that no matter where you are in your dream, compromise is, is not something you want to include in your intention. That's what I learned for me. And so when I think about this book, one of the things I think about is how compromise has caused me to suffer dearly and affect the people around me, whether it's with my health, whether it's with what I do in the world. But today, this little book asks the question, do you know, do you want to know, can you discover, can you embrace, and can you own the mechanics of misery? Will, it's great to have you here. Well, thank you. I, I don't quite know what to say after that, <laughs> that very glowing uh, introduction. I'm a little speechless, quite honestly. Well, it's really interesting, me, interesting for me to take a look 15 years. This is our 15th year anniversary with the Dr. Pat Show, but we're coming up on our 10-year anniversary with the Transformation Network, which is separate, but uh, part of what we do. And as I was reading your book, I was really struck by how embedded I was as a child in suffering. Uh, and what I mean by that is everything from my first religion or introduction to religion as uh, this young kid from the Bronx, right? This young Italian kid from the Bronx, all the way to uh, a month ago. And so I want to ask you a, a question about this. What is it about the conversation that you're bringing to the table about suffering that has been missing from the conversations we've had about intentions and prosperity? Because we don't like to say words like failure. I get in a lot of trouble for that in my tagline. And I bet suffering either. <laughs> Help me out with this. Well... Part of what I've discovered, and I, I, this was a process for me in, in writing this book, realizing certain things. And one of the things I realized was people don't talk about suffering. It's right. the one thing that we all experience. You know, Buddha said life is suffering. We all experience suffering, and yet people don't talk about it. They, they talk about the external events. Oh, I got fired. You know, oh, I had a fight with my girlfriend. Oh, whatever you know, oh, someone got hurt. But really, the bottom line is they're suffering, but people don't talk about it directly. And as I started realizing this, I said, oh, my God, it's like it's like a taboo almost. That when you say, yes, it is. When you say to someone, how are you doing? If someone says, I'm suffering, it's like, whoa, people don't know what to what to do. You know, I've done some, I was doing a TV interview in L.A., and um, <laughs> I noticed whenever I sort of said suffering, the, the, the host there, we were all sitting on the couch, would just kind of laugh, this nervous laugh. You know, you don't talk about it. So what I realized, I call it in the book, The Gorilla in the Room. It's this state that we're all 
affects so much of what we do. Like, like you, like you said, there's the the uh, prosperity and the abundance thing. You know, a lot of the times the people, the reason people want the prosperity is so they won't suffer lack. They won't suffer mm-hmm. the worry about that. So, suffering it's the grill in the room. It drives so much of what we all do, and yet no one looks at it directly and and you know deals with it. So that was the big revelation for me, and um, it it slowly dawned on me as I was writing the book that that's what was happening. Boy, I'll tell you, you are beyond right on. You're beyond right on. I mean, Will, I think I've talked to you about this the last time I think you were on the show, that uh, I, even to this day, I don't get it as much, but when I first created the what would you do if you knew you couldn't fail tagline. And that's been with me for over 15 years. It came to me through crust busting. When I brought that on air, I had more people that I would have as guests on the show that would say to me, you got to change that, Pat. And I'd say, well, I, well, to what? And they would say, you shouldn't say the word fail. And I'm thinking, well, well, why? Because all of my failures in life have gotten me to where I am today and have helped me grow. But can you change it to what would you do if you knew you could succeed? I'm a girl from the Bronx. Does that even sound right to you, Will? <laughs> huh? Does that yeah. even? Huh? Yeah, no? I'm like you. I mean, I, there, there's so much, um, you know, it's almost like a, a, in the spiritual circles a certain political correctness. You know, you don't. You won't don't want to say fail but that's like you said that's you know myself included that the failure is that's how you grow you know and the suffering is the same thing you know what motivates change well nothing motivates change like suffering which in some respects is why it exists yeah yeah uh and so let me let me give you uh 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 Kudos for taking it on, because I think it's the elephant in the room. Well, see, if like we were living in the age of dinosaurs, it would be like the big giant Brontosaurus Rex or a Tyrannosaurus somebody in the room, um, because it is in the room. You could see it on people's faces. Um, I did research for 10 years, Will, on the consequences of broken promises People from all walks of life, businesses in the Pacific Northwest, some of the top businesses here. And I studied that and I have anecdotal data and I have research data. And if you looked at the 1,200 pages of notes, Will, you could have literally taken the quotes and put them in the book. Because the reality is people are not talking about suffering because nobody really cares to ask them. And when you ask people, don't you think they share things, Will? Oh, yeah. It's all bottled up in there. And so once you're finally, you're, you're, you're finally able to talk about it directly without beating around the bush, oh, yeah, it's like, well, here it comes. Yeah. Okay. So in your book, you talk about the gorilla yeah. in the room. Uh, and I looked at st- – <laughs> can I just do this for a minute? I, I've got to talk about your book, and this is the best way for me to do it. I actually read the books. Um, so I'm looking at this, and I get to this place, and it says, uh, wait a minute, easy step number one, ignore the gorilla. Okay, it, I'm just going to read it, and then we'll go to break and talk about it when we come back. If you ignore, a.k.a. are unconscious of, yeah, the gorilla, you will stay in darkness. I am just going to stop there and go to break, but I'm going to say it again. I think if you don't read another word in this book, listen up. If you ignore, a.k.a. or unconscious of, the gorilla, you will stay in darkness. Let's take a short break. When we come back, how many of you know what it feels like to stay in darkness? This isn't a show or a book about doing that. It's a, it's a book that helps you see the steps to move beyond it. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with Will Arntz. Join the new earth on the Cornelia Stephanie show. 
Tune in each month as Cornelia takes listeners on an odyssey of higher consciousness to inspire, educate, and empower. Cornelia Stephanie is a spiritual teacher, passionate speaker, published author, and founder of the Empower Network. Cornelia guides people on the path of self-healing, peace, and liberation. For more information, go to CorneliaStephanie.com. Hi, I'm Laura Meeks, and the most common problem that my clients face is all work and no play. This is why I created Fly High Living. I help you develop a balanced life plan and guide you to a place where you love to wake up in the morning. Call 888-666-1570 or go to flyhighliving.com to sign up for the four-week Flight Plan for Life course. Do you want the knowledge and wisdom to understand where spirituality, science, and psychology intersect? Then join the Karmic Path Radio Show with Tina and Laura on TransformationTalkRadio.com Thursdays at 4 p.m. Pacific. Follow this charmingly, disarmingly dynamic duo as they explore how psychic ability, spirituality, and karmic law tie together. For more information on Tina, Laura, and their groundbreaking work, visit thekarmicpath.com. The truth is funny. Shift Happens with Colette Marie Steffen is excited to welcome Karen Benton as a monthly guest host. Tune in on the third Wednesday of each month at 8 a.m. Pacific time to regain confidence and trust in your capacity to create change in your life, your health, your family, and your well-being. Karen Benton is a mother, nurse practitioner, certified body talk practitioner, Franklin Method instructor, and owner of Limitless Living LLC. For more information about Karen, visit karenbenton.com. We remember a time when you could simply form a thought and it would manifest. The harmony was forgotten, but it is returning now. The power of inspiration and awakening radio with Julia Griffin on TransformationTalkRadio.com each second and fourth Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific will take you on adventures through the heart and spirit exploring who we once were. This intuitive healer studied under the guidance of wolves, learning from their wisdom to master a higher frequency for a new state of mind. Visit OneTrueSelf.com. Tune in to The Jen Royster Show, intuitive guidance to inspire your life, each Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific and 11 a.m. Eastern on TransformationTalkRadio.com. This amazing show is an inspirational hour that will take you on an epic metaphysical journey to discover the spiritual approach to life's greatest challenges. Dr. Jen is an internationally known intuitive counselor, spiritual teacher, and energy healer. Call in for intuitive readings and visit JenRoyster.com for more information. Hey, everybody. Welcome. It's so great to have all of you tune us in and turn us on. Yeah, I love it. Uh, we have a copy of the book to give away today, Benny. I just want to give you a heads up on that. A uh, copy of the book, How to Suffer in 10 Easy Steps. And the reason that this is important is because, well, there are two reasons. One is, I think for me and what I look at, especially the way Will lays this book out, it's beautiful. I especially love the dialogue. It's like a little storyboard. You know, every chapter has this like little storyboard of things where you actually could hear yourself talk or think or say something exactly the way it's laid out. But as usual, you know, what Will also does is he presents diagrams. And we're going to talk about some of these today. But for one of you, you are going to get a copy of the book. Will did something really kind of cool. We had, back in the day, Will, something called a crustometer. It measured the amount of crust. You have something more profound, the sufferometer. And that, to me, is absolutely essential. But let's get back to a couple of things. When you sat down and you wrote this book, right, um, it is clear to me that the examples you put in the book are to help us see that perhaps this could be us. How, how important is it on your journey? How important was it to have discovered that this is the thing that could be very transformative for people? Well, I, I should probably, it's in the book, but I like to tell the, the viewers sort of how the book started, because that, really, that, yep. that really sets the tone. And, and what happened was one day, one evening, I was walking through my living room, and my wonderful wife, Deirdre Hayes, was just laying on the, the couch, and her back was out. 
And I said, honey, do you want to go in the kitchen, maybe have something to drink? And she just groaned. And I said, well, what do you want to do? Do you want to, you know, can I do anything? What, what do you want to do? In a very small voice, she goes, I just want to lay here and suffer. Mm. And I said, yeah. what? Because, you know, mm. no one says that. I just want to lay here and suffer. And I said, yeah. what? She goes, yes, I'm perfecting my suffering. And I just laughed, and I said, someone should write a self-help book, How to Suffer. And, you know, I both Deirdre and I know uh, a lot of people, authors in the self-help world, and, you know, we always kind of roll our eyes a little bit because it's always like how to get wealthy in four easy steps, how to find yeah. ultimate love in six easy steps. Yep. It's never easy. It's never easy. People who are successful, you ask them, they all said it was hard work. So, so we, so that was kind of my somewhat satirical take on it: how to suffer in ten easy steps. And you know, being satirical, the self-help book. And then I yeah. thought that, well, actually, it's the one self-help book that they are easy steps because no one wants to suffer, everyone does it, so therefore it must be really easy to do. So I figured, well, this book is. Delivering on the self-help promise of suffering. And um, so it was one of those things. And then she and I started just riffing back and forth about what this book would be and had fun. And then she starts laughing. And now we're laughing about it. She's not suffering anymore. We, you know, go off in the kitchen and have some Chardonnay. So that's how the whole thing um, started. So the book started sort of as a, a satirical you know, look at that, but as, it, as, I, as I'm writing more and more, I'm starting to, like, realize, oh, my God, there's really something here, something that I didn't see at first. It, it, that We talked about it earlier, the gorilla in the room, that people aren't, aren't really dealing with it in a direct way. So that's really how the book started, um, writing it. And as I kept writing, I kept realizing more and more, and I said, oh, my God, this, is, this subject is so vast. I mean, I go through a lot of different uh, philosophies and metaphysics, you know, and religion, spiritual practices, science, you know, all that kind of stuff, um, to deal with this topic that people tend not to deal with. So that's how it came about. Yeah. Yeah, and by the way, we not only tend not to deal with it, we, we have now mastered the art of numbing it. I mean, there's a reason why we're looking at what's happening in the world. And, you know, it's fascinating. Um, I, I think one of the discoveries, especially looking at addiction um, in this country, but also in Canada, Canada has just ridiculous fentanyl uh, addictions. But when you look at those, it's hard to get the people that are looking and representing us to really dig and ask why, you know, what is underneath this? You know, why is it that we have been classified now on a global scale as one of the more anxiety-driven cultures in the world? Um, but isn't this the way to take a step? I mean, if we're not talking about it, Will, what the heck are we doing with it? What are we doing with our suffering? Well, we're continuing to suffer. <laughs> we're continuing to suffer. One of my easy steps to suffering, and, you know, the idea of the easy steps is obviously it's an inverse. Okay, so if this is an easy step to suffering, do the opposite. So one of my easy steps is do nothing. Do nothing. Yeah. So if yeah. you do nothing, you're in a suffering state, you do nothing about it, you know, you're just going to wallow yeah. And part of doing nothing is not looking at it. So you don't look at it, you don't deal with it, blah, blah, blah. You know, unfortunately, often the suffering will then come out because you're not dealing with it in things like addiction. That's one of the, the, the ways in which the repressed suffering, um, you know, comes out. People try to self-medicate, and it, you know, it basically doesn't work. Well, one of the things you talk about in the book, and I apologize for not knowing exactly where the where in the book it is, but, you know, because I take notes of things as I'm reading it, is, and I really am looking closely at this for us, and I think it's, you call it the promise that science and technology is going to be the answer to all of our, prom, our, our problems, and I'm really struck by that because 
I, I really I work with women of all ages, right, that are, have either been incarcerated or are suffering from addiction, right, or in recovery. And one of the things I find is that that group of people I work with, they are not plugged in to technology. That's not their world. That's not their world right now. But it was very interesting. I was talking to one woman who said, I'm so glad I don't have my phone. And I asked her, I said, well, why? Tell me about that. And she said to me this. She said, I can get myself fixed with my phone. I can plug in to whatever it is, however I need to get it, to feel better. This is a worldview. Accurate or not? Very accurate. You know, in fact, the section you're talking about, I have a whole section on techno suffering, I call it. Yeah. Oh. Uh, techno suffering, and that's you know you talked about anxiety earlier. Yeah, the anxiety is a di- uh, direct result of the techno suffering. You know, people with that phone. Now, generally, I keep my cell phone about 100 feet away from me most of the time mm-hmm. because you know it just it's and it's an addiction, and it just the, the thing is people we need time off. We need time to unplug. We need time to rest. We need time to contemplate. We need time to play with the kids. And the trouble with the technology is it drives you, drives you, drives you, drives you, drives you. You know, when I was a kid growing up, you know, my dad worked 40 hours a week. The entire time that I grew up, I think he got one phone call after 5 o'clock at home about something of work. Once. So, you know, when he would come home, work ended. It was there with the family. we do oh. whatever we would do, watch TV or whatever oh. we did. But that was different. And now, of course, people work the old 7 by 24. You know, you're always on your phone. I know people in the software business now, you know, and they live with that thing, you know, and they'll be having dinner on Saturday night. And they'll get a text, oh, I got to refund this. You know, we got a deal it's pending. They need to see this thing. I got to call someone. You know, it's like, good lord, humans. It's just too much. And you know, we're we're seeing we're seeing people crack. And you just look at what's happening in society and the world. People are losing it. I got to ask you this question, and let's hold this till when we come back. You're absolutely right. I have a way I unplug, and if I don't unplug, and and believe me, my my folks here. When they see it on my calendar, like if I have to leave an hour or two before five o'clock, right? And they see it on my calendar and I'm still sitting here. They will come in and say, you need to go. When we come back, I'm going to talk about what that is. But here's really the catch for me. Here's the catch. We're called the Transformation Network. We're known for 10 channels. That's all about transformation. Why would a major search engine watch company be in search of transformation projects? What is that about? And why is it so hard for these high-tech folks to really see the people that are in this arena doing great things? Is it because we're searching for love in all the wrong places? Yep. That's the suffering we're going to talk about when we come back to. We'll be right back. To see your life from an angel's perspective, book a personal consultation with Claire Candy Hoff, angelic walk-in angel Ariel at Angel Healing House. Candy provides intuitive counseling, Reiki, and angel readings in person in Los Angeles or nationally and internationally via phone or Skype. She will channel the practical tools you need to transform your life. Call now. 831-277-3716 831-277-3716 or visit angelhealinghouse.com. Did you know that all of the shows on the Transformation Radio Network are available as podcasts to stream or download? Really? Check us out. Go to transformationradio.fm. We have business shows, spiritual shows, energy healing shows, and pretty much everything in between. Something for everyone guaranteed to inspire educate and transform we are transforming the world one listener at a time a word of caution 
If you prefer the status quo and you are not interested in improving every aspect of your life, this book will trigger the shift out of you. The Truth is Funny, Shift Happens is available now. Author Colette Steffen brings the powerful knowledge and life-changing energy and empowerment from the radio airwaves to the pages of her new book. To get your copy in paperback or ebook, visit thetruthisfunny.com today. Are you ready to shift your current beliefs about death? From debilitating pain and loss? Follow Angie Corbett Kuiper as she shares that through choice, present moment awareness, and keeping an open mind that anything is possible, even in death. Tune in to Beyond Proof Radio with Angie, redefining death and loss every first and third Wednesday at 12 p.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com. For more, visit BeyondProof.com. The vibration of change, that magical place where life shifts from struggle to ease, from stagnation to forward movement, from old ways of being to new ways of becoming. If you're like I am, it can be rather elusive to get there, but when you are in it, you feel it down to your very core, don't you? And it can positively affect everything in your life, from your relationships to your health and well-being, from your career path to your abundance, from the quality of that inner connection to the fullness of your self-expression. On The Christine Upchurch Show, we explore ways to get into that vibration of change with experts in the fields of consciousness, psychology, spirituality, health, healing, and science. Join me, Christine Upchurch, every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on KKNW AM 1150 and Transformation Talk Radio and learn new ways to step into your vibration of change. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Welcome back. Uh, and I do believe uh, I, I do believe we have given away the copy of the book, Benny. Is that correct? Yes, ma'am. All right. And the book is How to Suffer in 10 Easy Steps. Well, before we start to talk more about the book, and there's so much in here, I'm not sure I'm going to get to all of it. Um, what is the best way for people to get their copy of the book, how they can find out more about you, but also how they can take a look at their own ways in which they're in their life there, there might be a little suffering going on there. Okay. Well, um, first off, of course, we have a website. And the URL for the website is howtosuffer.me, M-E. I can't believe I got that URL, howtosuffer.me. We'll take That's you to great. a page that has all the stuff on. Um, there are some quotes there. We have a, a page of um, videos I did about six or eight um, videos talking about the book. And if you go to the website, um, we have buttons there. You can buy it from uh, Barnes & Noble or Amazon. And uh, you know, that's pretty much it. We have a, a, a YouTube channel now that has these videos on it. Um, and that's really that's kind of the, the best way to do it. I'm, I'm developing right now a, a series on the sufferometer, which you mentioned earlier. Yeah, yeah. Because people, people get such a kick out of it. And again, this is one of these things that I created it just, I don't know, because that's the way I think sometimes in these odd, funny ways. And it turns out it's actually a useful tool, believe it or not. Yeah. So, um, anyway, so that's, that's how they can find out more about uh, the book and where to buy it and all that good stuff. Yeah. Well, it's like you said. I mean, when, when the whole crust-busting thing came to me, it wasn't because I was sitting there, you know, happier than a pig in you-know-what, but it's because I was at one of the lowest points in my life. And out of my mouth came, it, you know, not the word suffering. Of course, that would be devastating to even say that. But out of my mouth came, oh, my gosh, I feel so crusted over. Hence the birth of crust busting. And, and, and you're right. You know, there has to be a way to see where is this showing up in my life most? Which area is it? Because to just say, oh, I'm just suffering like 24-7 all the time, right? You, you know, may or may not be the way to get some relief. But let's talk about some of the, the, the beyond this, right? Um, I was taking a look at a couple of things in the book, and I was looking at, you know, uh, 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 the six slippery steps to end suffering. And, and I started to look over here because you really pretty much cover the gamut. First of all, 
one of the toughest ones I think you've put in here, right? When I think about it and I started to look at it, um, it wasn't the, the section on creating reality. That I love. It was the judgment section. Yeah, it was the part about judgment. And I really read that. I went back and I, I, I didn't even blink at the attachment section, you know, chapter in the book. But when it got to the judgment part, I just thought, wow, we may have a little bit of that going on. And let's talk about judgment and then let's talk about the slippery slope of things. Okay, well, um, the first half of the book is the 10 easy steps to suffer. Yeah. I have the six slippery steps to end suffering. Yeah. They're slippery because you can take them too far in either direction, and they don't really do the right thing. But before I get into that, I'm, I'm really curious about what it was in that chapter on judgment that, that, really, that really got you. I'll tell you what it, what it was that got me. When I started, first of all, I, I almost blew by it. Right. I almost because I, I read sometimes very fast. I I go through something and I'll read and, and I'll catch it. And it came right after the I think the slip sliding in time part, which I love. But what got me is uh, the the picture right away. How many times have we said this? Why do I feel like you're always judging me? And the minute that comes out of my mouth, why do I feel like you're always judging me? And I remember saying it. What I was doing is asking myself that question because I think judgment is one of the trickiest things to understand, but even more importantly, to really look at objectively and know when there are judgments that are important for you to have and judgments which are not, right? Um, and so what got me is who is to say what's good or bad in that section. Who is to say what's good or bad? And boy, isn't that the crux of most conflict? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Yeah, it is. Yep. Yeah, I mean, you, there's that story in there, that old Chinese story about could be good luck, could be bad luck. The That's right. It's yep. The, it's the same it's the same thing is that, you know, in one perspective, something can be bad and one perspective can be good. And the, the slippery step about judgment is that, um, you know, you can go too far on judgment and you're just judging everything. And, you mm. know, there's a, there's a line between judgment and just ascertaining. You know, mm. the judgment is when you, it's, it's not just like information. It's just, you know, judgment then it has a moral thing. You are wrong. This is bad. Or this is good. This is wonderful. And, you know, wonderful is good and, and horrible is bad. So it's that whole judgment where we have that good-bad thing that drives yep. so much of, of what we do. And the, the funny thing is, in the fullness of time, often things that you think are bad end up being good and vice versa. So... That, that, that notion of being able to figure out what's, what's good and what's bad, it's slippery because you can say, oh, my God, I want to stay so far away from that, and it's the best thing for you. So the, I talk in that chapter, I learned this by this um, rabbi down in L.A., Rabbi Finley. He, he says this thing, and it's in the book, where, where he said, um, you know, there's a conversation, and, and someone says, you know, why, why do you always... Why do you always wear blue, would be an example. And his reply is that, are you lodging a complaint or are you requesting information? Because we do that all the time. Why yep. do you always chew that way? Are, right. you, are, you, are you requesting information or are you lodging a complaint? So that's the thing about judgment. You know, to, to basically, that's one of the things to discern. When, when are you judging? Because so much we just look at little things that we all know we say, we do little little things that are implied, we raise our eyebrows at a certain time, like, you know, you're a schmuck. Um, those are the, all those little judgments. So when, you know, there, there's that line, when are you requesting information and when are you lodging a complaint? And my wife and I, after we heard the good rabbi talk about that, 
we started doing it, and I can't tell you yeah. how that has improved our relationship. Because yeah. I'll say something like, oh, my God, not again. And, <laughs> but why do you do that? And then she'll say that, and then I'll pause, and I'll go, you know, you're right. You're right. It was two-thirds information, and I was, and I was lodging a little, you know, complaint there. And, you know, I, it's really inappropriate for me to do that. I'm sorry, honey. And so instead of this, like, little tension following us all, all day, when, by having that discernment there, it's like, oh, oh, okay, I'm, I'm sorry. No, I, I really do want to know, you know, why. So just tell me, and mm. it's all good. So. Yeah. Why is one of those, what should we call it? Let's just call it what it is. The, the why word is another one of the gorillas in the room because you, there are people that really want to understand something. Uh, and then there are people that are like, why? And really what they're saying is, I really don't approve of what you did. I really don't care to know why you did it. I'm just like, for lack of a better word or for lack of me saying, I think what you did just really sucks. Um, why? Why? So that's, and, and, so that's yeah. the one where you turn, someone says, why did you do this? Yeah. You say, are you requesting information? Are you lodging a complaint? Exactly. If you're lodging a complaint, let's deal with that. But if you're giving me information, I'll, I'll tell you why I did that, or right or wrong. So, yeah. yeah. I went through this the other day. I was getting ready for the show, and I was uh, I had just read this section of the book. Uh, I don't read a book in order. I read it in different chapters, Right. And there's no rhyme or reason how I do it. But I I just finished this and I went to play uh, table tennis, a sport I play. And one of the guys that I always, you know, chit chat with was asking me about one of my bats. And he said, do you have the light bat with you? And I said, yeah, I have the light bat, but I'm really moving to a seven ply bat, right? And so we started to talk about the light bat versus the seven ply bat. And why did I go to a different bat? And then we started a long conversation. And this other guy had overheard the conversation. And we are just sharing information. And this other guy jumps in and looks at Ken and looks at, looks at both of us, turns to me and says, should have never changed your racket. Your new racket's too fast for you. And looked at Ken and said something like, why would you ever change that? Something weird, like, why would you ever upgrade your racket until you learn some good form? And I thought, wow, that is so not what we were even talking about. But that was his perspective. And I had this moment where I started to talk to him about what his thoughts were about me. And Ken basically said, honestly, I don't care what you think. And that was kind of the end of that. Um, <laughs> I was like, yeah, we don't care. Uh, let's take a short break, everybody. We're going to come right back, and we're going to slip right into what do you do with your suffering. We'll be right back. You know that moment when you realize you've mastered your wellness or that you will never fall off the roller coaster of life? Well, yeah, me either, but I still ride unicorn. I will teach you how to become a mindset master. You will learn how your habits and behavior affect the success of your nutrition and exercise, relationships, organization, and so much more. Motivation doesn't arrive in an email, so stop waiting for it. You have to take action, then motivation follows. I am Coach Peggy Well. Get out of your comfort zone and recognize the simple truth. We aren't that special. We all have crap to deal with, and we all have a lot more in common than not. I want to spark you into action. We will learn, love, and laugh together. So join me every first and third Monday at 3 p.m. Pacific for Coach Couch and Coffee Radio, where you will learn that being happy and healthy is way more than carrot sticks and squats. Talk to you later. Have you discovered the remarkable books at angelhealinghouse.com? Author Claire Candy Hoff has channeled rare books of inspiration and insight. Angels of Faith is an inspiring story of healing, comfort, and hope that reminds us that death is not to be feared, but embraced with joy. One true home 
Behind the Veil of Forgetfulness takes readers on a roller coaster ride through Angel Ariel's five most important lives on Earth, as well as her experiences in the afterlife, and helps us remember our own journey across the veil. And Claire Candy's autobiography, I Am an Angelic Walk-In, which details the 2003 soul exchange that took place when Claire Candy walked out of her body and Angel Ariel walked in, creating heaven on Earth for herself and others. To find out more about these wonderful books, visit angelhealinghouse.com today. Discover the creative genius within on Creative Voice Radio with Gwen Fox each month on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Tune in for a conversation that will inspire, motivate, and empower you to share your inner vision with the world. Make the deep connection between art and spirituality to take your artistic expression beyond anything you dream possible. Say yes to fear. Say yes to the creative genius within. For more information about Creative Voice Radio and working with Gwen, visit GwenFox.com. Are you truly ready to experience overflow in every area of your life? Are you ready to go from limited to limitless? Imagine starting your week off with a deeper connection to the God consciousness. It's time for you to feel inspired, uplifted, and shifted. I invite you to join me, Tracy L, online or in person for our Soul Sundays. Start your week off feeling empowered and ready to serve and expand the miracles waiting for you. <laughs> Will, Will Lawrence is my very special guest today. The book is How to Suffer in 10 Easy Steps. This is definitely going to be a stuffing, uh, stocking suffer. <laughs> well, one thing I want to point out is that, that it, with a title like that, you may think the book is kind of heavy. And it has its own. Oh, but, you know, yeah. there's like when you mentioned a no. picture, there's car, I have cartoons, New Yorker no, type cartoons not. through there. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. I have funny little uh, scenes that... Um, between people. I mean, so there's a fair amount of humor. And part of the thing that I've realized is that when you talk about suffering, there is um, there is an opportunity for great humor. And in fact, I yeah, there one, is. there's one cartoon where this guy's in a board meeting with all the other people there, and you see the sales chart going way down, and everyone's <laughs> bummed out. And he's got this like little puppet on his hand. He goes, Mr. Happy wants to remind everyone that tragedy <laughs> plus time equals comedy. <laughs> oh, that's good. Yeah, that's so, good. So there's but you know, that, parts of the book that, that it's fun, fun to read, you know, and I, I did that on It purpose. is fun. Yep. And I'm glad you brought it up because it is, it is, it, it really is. Um, it's, it's interesting. A couple of things I didn't talk about. And one is, this is one of the first books I've read in a long time where you actually uh, list uh, the 12 steps of Bill W., we actually go through and 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 list them, right? Um, but what's interesting for me about this is you go on to talk about emotional addiction as well. Um, beyond all of that, you do have a remedy for us, though, don't you? Well, there's the there's the six easy steps. There is the, the that there's our remedies. There's yeah. not there's not a remedy. No. But the one thing that is that I do say that I think is different is how, how much of suffering is just a habit. It's mm. just a habit. And, you know, we know as children, we're children, you're three years old, you get frustrated, you cry, you're not getting what you want. So we learn that habit of, of that, that suffering. And it's, in many respects, it's a habit. So when something, quote, unquote, bad happens, we just go to the old neural net, the old uh, emotional pathway of suffering. And when you start thinking of it, now my chapter on uh, Buddha and his enlightenment, I call it Buddha Kicks the Habit. And that there, <laughs> there is a way that suffering and is, is really it's the course correction in our lives. Because if you're suffering, and I get into this more in the book, because you're suffering, it's generally because you know, you're, you're, you're heading down the wrong course. And it's the way the universe is trying to correct it. Mm -hmm. Or enlightenment is probably a better way to put it in. Correct. Yeah, but boy, we know when something doesn't feel good. 
you know, we know it. We know it in huge ways and we know it in sometimes more subtle ways. Um, and, you know, I, I think that part of suffering and I don't I don't have any real science on this, but I think that suffering more than most uh, causes an acute state of immobility. I really think it does. I mean, I, I don't you know, there's a point by which you get where you're immobilized, but then there's a point that you move from there to another place and you become mobilized and activated. And that's the way I've looked at suffering in my life. You know, there have been times where I sat on the couch and I couldn't move. And when I realized that I was sitting on the couch and wouldn't move and how I felt, then I moved. Um, isn't that part of it too, this understanding that suffering is happening? Yes, and if you don't, that's again, that's one of the easy steps, do nothing. But if you and if you don't realize, if you ignore that gorilla, if you don't actually, it's like when my wife was on that couch and she said, "I just want to lay here and suffer." Yeah, it was like, wow, wow. And by doing that, and by really feeling it, not pushing it away, not denying it, not doing a million things that we all do, she just laid there and just suffered. And ten minutes later, it was gone. Her back still yeah. hurt. That didn't change. The physicality right. didn't change. But it was, she experienced it, and she moved on. So that's really the bit about the gorilla. Wow. Uh, Will, thank you so much for today. Would you mind giving out your website again and telling folks how to get a copy of the book? And also, what's your personal message? What would you like to leave us with today? Uh, the, the website is how to suffer howtosuffer.me, M-E, howtosuffer.me, will get you to the page. And there's some, as far as buying the book, um, there's a couple buttons there where you can buy it online. Um, I want to encourage people to also visit your local independent bookstores. Yeah. Um, they're still out there. And, um, you know, if they don't have it, tell them you want it. That would be great. I like supporting the local businesses. Yeah. Um, so there's that. Now, as, as far as the you know, one thing to leave people with. Yes. It really is what we've been saying all all the past hour is to look at your suffering, to, to examine it, to, you know, see it for what it is. That's really the first step. And just notice how it changes. Just try it sometimes. When someone asks how you're doing, if you're suffering, say, well, I'm suffering. You're going to have a completely different conversation from then on, I guarantee it. Yeah, boy. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you so much, Will. And again, everybody, this is the book, How to Suffer in 10 Easy Steps, Discover, Embrace, and Own the Mechanics of Misery. The Mechanics of Misery, a whole new acronym like M&M, a whole new one for that right there, right? Uh, well, thank you so much, Benny. Thank you. We're going to take a short break, everybody. I love this book, and it is really funny. There are some parts in this I just laughed, thinking to myself, yeah, I've said that to my neighbor, too. We'll be right back, everyone. The preceding audio was via a Skype call. <laughs> 